This is the Oceans Church Podcast, where we believe in connecting people to Jesus, the one who changes it all. To learn more about Oceans, view upcoming events, or find info about ways to give, please visit oceanschurch.org. Thanks for visiting the podcast. Enjoy today's message. All right. Good morning, Oceans. I think you got it. You, I think you're a little bit more awake than that, right? Second service? Come on. How about this worship team? Come on. I got to shout out my team while I'm up here. Um, what an honor it is to be here this morning. Um, my name is Jonathan Riggie. I'm the worship, worship leader here at Oceans Church. Um, I'm excited to preach again. I got to preach for the first time this year in August, and I guess I didn't say anything blasphemous because Michael asked me to preach again, so. Well, we've been in this series on worship, on worship culture. Who here has been impacted by the series we've been in? I know I, know I have, if you've been here before this month. Um, I've been convicted. We've heard some incredible messages on what it means, what it looks like to honor and worship God in our everyday lives. And so being the worship leader here, this is something that I am passionate about. I love to worship. I love what we get to do here as a body of believers on Sunday mornings. But we've learned in this series how worship is more than just what we do on a Sunday morning, right? Worship is our, our lives, our every day, in the highs, in the lows, in the mundane. That is our true worship to God. We worship God with our speech, we've learned, the, the words that we use, our control over our tongue. We worship God with our thoughts, what we're meditating on, uh, what, what truths that we believe and that we allow to direct our lives. And last week, Michael preached on how we worship God with our actions. So what we're doing in secret when no one's looking, uh, how we're treating others, how we treat people in the Walmart parking lot. I know I got to mention that because like Michael, I struggle with that too. So I'm very convicted anytime. Like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I don't know if, you, if you've ever been to Walmart. Um, so I, I knew I was going to preach in this series, but I didn't know what topic that I, I would get to preach on. And I'll be honest, I, I wasn't sure what to think at first when, when Michael asked me to preach on the body. They say, I grew up Catholic. Um, so I went to Catholic church till I was like almost 18. Um, and so Catholic church, you just kind of stand there when, when you're singing. So it's more like Ave Maria is kind of what you're singing. We're not really singing what we would on a Sunday morning here. But when I was saved, for the first church I went to was a Baptist church. And Baptist church was, they did worship, but all the lights were on and you just kind of stood there like that. But Oceans was the second church that I ever came to when I was saved. And the first service I came here, I saw uh, them leading worship and I saw people putting up their hands and to me, I didn't know what that meant. I'd never seen that before in my life. I, I asked my wife, I was like, you have to like raise your hand to use a bathroom in this church or something? <laughs> I didn't understand that, what, what a physical expression of worship looked like. Um, and to be asked to preach on the body, I honestly have had a very complicated relationship with my body. Uh, I struggled for, I've struggled for most of my life with how I view my body. As a kid growing up, I was always a chubbier kid. I'm Italian, too, so we eat a lot, and I kind of have that, that going for me, too. It's just kind of from birth. I was always eating pasta and bread and uh, every good thing on earth, right? But I started to not like my body. I didn't like to look in the mirror. 
And I started developing this, this kind of disconnect with my body. And so I didn't really want to take care of it. So before coming to Christ as a teenager and into my early 20s, I was a heavy marijuana user. I smoked cigarettes until I was 21. I ate McDonald's every day. I drank Mountain Dew like it was water. I didn't really even drink real water. So I didn't care what I put in my body. Um, this is, and that's the person that I was when my wife met me, so shout out to her, because she still married me. <laughs> She's going to be here in the third service, so shout out to my wife, Sam. Um, I would not be here today. Thank, thank God for my wife, Sam. I, I was going to use a picture of, of what I looked like in my early 20s to kind of reinforce the point here, um, but our creative director, Kyler, who just led us in worship, who did an amazing job, such a blessing to this church and my life, but we've become very close, become very close best friends and I did not want to give him ammunition <laughs> to have a picture of me because it would have been a meme and it would have been sent to our staff chat. So you can just picture what you want, but I wasn't messed. And that you see those memes, those reels of uh, the girlfriend effect or the wife effect, the picture of the husband before they met the wife, that's me too, like the nth degree. It was pretty, pretty rough. So my wife actually got me into working out and I, uh, something I hadn't really done before in my life. And... I stopped smoking cigarettes, but only because my wife told me she wasn't going to date me if I didn't. Yeah. And I started going to the gym, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. And then I was saved, and I heard the verse about our bodies being temples. And so I said to myself, uh, okay, I'm going to build the best temple. It's going to be the nicest temple. And over the next several years, I fell in love with bodybuilding. I fell in love with working out. Um, I actually left my job as a property manager to become a personal trainer. But I still had this negative disconnect with my body, and I actually became obsessed. I fell in love with my body in the most fleshly, earthly way possible. Because I did the exact opposite of treating my body like a temple. My body actually became the idol. It became my worship. And how I lived my life every day, I was not honoring God with my body. My worship was towards my body. Don't get me wrong, I was in great shape. If you knew me before, you can attest to that. I didn't need to use a picture for that. But my life revolved around it. Everything I did, my social life suffered, my marriage suffered, because that was my obsession. That's what I put first in my life. And in the end of last year, the beginning of this year, God revealed to me how damaging this was. Not the working out itself. It, we are supposed to take care of our body. We're supposed to, be to take care of what we've been given. But it's how I prioritized it in my body over everything else in my life. And so after nearly three years of dedicated 24-7 worship to my body, I have not been in the gym since last December. And like I said, this isn't me advocating for you to stop working out or going on walks or stop exercising. We are called to take care of our body. And I'll tell you right now, I can feel it. I feel like I'm 10 years older than I actually am because it's good for us. It's good for our, our, our bones. It's good for our heart. It's very good for us to take care of our body. Um, but I understand why God had me do this, this personal conviction. It's because my temple looked great on the outside. My temple was strong and tall. You know, it was decorated beautifully. There was Venetian plaster and marble, and it was a beautiful temple, okay? But the foundation of the temple was rotting. The structure was going to collapse because my heart, the foundation of our temple, it, my heart was not in the right place. So I wanted to use the temple in my own way, and it didn't honor God. It was self-serving. It was, it was my flesh. 
Maybe you've been in a similar situation in your past. Maybe you've struggled with some kind of addiction, uh, a bad smoking habit, a pornography or masturbation habit, a binge eating habit. Uh, I've struggled with, with all of those things in the past. I, by the grace of God, I stand here today. And I can tell you, it, it starts with your heart. It starts with your heart. Our actions, how we respond in moments of anger, of frustration, how we treat others, how we treat ourselves, how we treat our body, it, it shows where our hearts are postured. Yes, amen. Michael used that verse last week, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Not only does the mouth speak what the heart is full of, but what the heart is full of will, will be revealed in our actions, will be revealed in how we treat ourselves. Amen. And so we've learned these, this, this series that our thoughts, our speech, our actions are all part of the body. The body is the sum of the whole. And, and I want to look at this verse today in Romans 12.1. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I, 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 the, the, the stronger my relationship has gotten with the Lord, the more I love to dissect and just look at what the words that are used that, that, that God has given to us. It says, this is your true and proper worship. Think about that. That's a very absolute statement. How we, how we treat our body, we should make it holy and pleasing to God. And he goes on to say in verse two that we do that by not conforming to this world, but allowing the truth, the word of God to renew our minds. The word urge, he isn't suggesting this. This is a call to action. We have to do something to, 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 to see this, to attain this. He is spurring the Romans on to do this, that in view, because of God's mercy, our response should be the sacrifice of our lives, our flesh, so that God can use us in our temples for his glory. And that word worship in the Greek in the New Testament, the word worship used in the Gospels, it actually, it translates to basically the kissing of one's hand in an act of reverence. Uh, a dog licking a master's hand is, is in the definition. And what I love about that is that that word worship that we would normally think is what we do when we come in here and we sing the songs before the message, that word worship, it doesn't mean that. It is, it's a physical posture of the body. It's a, it's a physical posture of the body itself. And so how do we live this out? How do we offer our bodies as a living, a holy sacrifice and that it's pleasing to God? Amen. We offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Obviously, Paul is not talking about the old covenant where you did have to sacrifice something. He's talking about our, our lifestyle. Our living itself is, is the act of worship to God. So our routine every day, how we start our days, what we eat and what we drink, what we watch and what we listen to, how we behave and respond, all of this is to be offered to God. Yes, amen. He, doesn't say, he doesn't say that only offer some of it. Offer your bodies. Our body is the sum of the whole. It's everything. So, so everything that we, should, we do should be in a manner that honors God. And that, that's going to mean going against your flesh. Holding your tongue with the people in Walmart. I'm, I'm going to use that excuse because I'm telling you that I, I do the same thing. And I'm, I was convicted of that. I was convicted of that 
hearing these messages this, this month as we go through what it means to worship God with our actions. Um, I, I actually did have an ocean sticker on the back of my car. And <laughs> I say did in the past tense because I do, I'm from New York, so <laughs> I, struggle, I struggle a little bit with road rage. Um, and I actually took the ocean sticker off the back of my car. And I didn't take it off. I only, t- I will say this, it is because it was, Michael can attest to this, he saw it. It was like really faded. It was blacked out. You couldn't see Ocean's Church anymore. I just wanted you to take it off. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. You look, look at and see it's the worship leader cutting you off on 98. No, I'm just kidding. Praise God. I'm serious. So I, I, because getting to do the last message in this series, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a planner when it comes to things like this. Most of my life, I'm not a planner. I'm just, I kind of am like, my wife's a planner. I'm the one that's like, okay, God's revealed his plan. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. We're, go- we're going back home to see family next month, and we're coming in a day early, and she, she, she told me to ask who I should who we should stay with. And I was just like, I'll just show up at someone's house. Like, we'll figure it out. My wife's a planner, right? So I normally want to plan. I, I, I normally don't want to plan, but with something like this, but like preaching, I get so, um, I was like, I got to plan this. But I, I, I challenged myself, and I know that God wanted, I wanted to hear the three messages first in this series. Uh, because like I said, the body is the sum of the whole. And I don't know about you, but I've been convicted this month. I've been convicted hearing these messages, um, thinking about what am I doing when I'm not in church. And I'm at the church a lot. I, you know, I work at the church, but what am I doing when, when no one sees, right? And, and thinking about that verse, because Paul tells us in view of God's mercy. So we don't deserve his grace. We don't deserve his mercy. And yet he has given us life. He's given us purpose. And our response, our, our response to this alone should be worshiping him. Every act of our living body should be a demonstration that God is our treasure, that he is more precious to us than anything this world can offer. Amen. A body, holy, what is a holy sacrifice? A body's not holy because of what shape it's in or what it looks like. It's because of what it does. There's a reason why God says that in the Bible that he looks past the physical appearance of a man and he looks at the heart. God, God sees our hearts. Should we desire to take care of our body? Absolutely. Absolutely, we should desire to take care of our body. Uh, because it's our temple, it's our instrument that if we are right with God, if we are in communion with God, he is going to use the vessel, the willing vessel to do his will and glory, glorify him. So we should want to take care of the body. We should desire to do the things that keep our bodies healthy and working properly. But being righteous with your body does not come from how it looks. Being, or how much muscle you have, or how wrinkle-free your skin is, or how many followers you have on Instagram because you, you know, post your workout videos, or you post, you're a bikini salesman, okay? So, <laughs> I, 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 look, I was really quiet in here when I, when I said that. <laughs> but, but being righteous with your body, it does not, it, it's not our physical appearance. It, it, it says in, in Hebrews, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Yeah. In the verse before that, it, it, it's saying that praise is, is to be uh, sung from our lips. And, and in another translation, it says, but do not forget. That but there adds that our, our praise and our worship is one tool in the toolbox. Our praise, what we do here 
on Sunday morning, what we do in the quiet time is one tool in the toolbox. Our praise and worship is not the only thing that is worship to God. He says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. Jesus says in the gospel that freely you receive, so freely you shall give. Do good and share with others. Praise is not the only sacrifice we are to offer to God. God is pleased when we use the body he has given to us to bless others. We're called to share what we have. We're called to let that person in front of us on 98. We're called to help someone out when we see them in need because we're using the tools, the very instrument that God gave us to bless and to to share with others. A body becomes a holy sacrifice when it is devoted to doing God's purposes of mercy and righteousness. Under the old covenant, the, the, the animal that was to be sacrificed was to be clean, was to be, was to be pure, was to be set apart from the rest of, of the flock. But because of Jesus' sacrifice, we don't have to worry about that. We have the, the presence of God with us wherever we go. So wherever we go, we should always be trying to shine the presence of God. So with our mouths, our hands, our, our motives, our actions, our presence, when we do good, In the name of Jesus, we are offering our body as a holy, living sacrifice of worship. And that's when we shine the light of Christ at work, or at home, or at school, or when we're by ourselves, what we speak over our lives, right? We're we're called to speak life. We're not called to speak death. I've been convicted of that. I have a bad habit of, of saying things like, I'm an idiot. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm I'm this, that. And that kind of stuff, uh, Mark talked about this a couple weeks ago. We, that is so true, what we speak over our life, what we say. Our brains were developed by God to be creatures of habit. Our brains were developed to dig in deep our habits and our routines. So that's why when you try something new for the first time, it feels like you shouldn't be doing it. Because our brain loves, our brain develops these neural neural pathways of, of habits, of how we do things, how we drive. That's why you can drive and zone out for 30 seconds. And then you're like, oh, I've been driving the whole time. It's because your brain is used to that. Your brain is wired that pathway. So, so when we speak things of death over ourselves or, 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 or negative to ourselves, I'm telling you this right now. I'm telling you this is someone, this, I, I do this. Okay, but I've been I've been convicted of this, especially this month in this series, because we are supposed to shine the light of Christ to others at work, at school, at home. We offer our bodies as holy when every action we do, whether that's physically, whether that's mentally, is is done in a manner that honors God. We should we should desire to honor God. Paul says pleasing to God in that in the last part of that verse. For me, when I read that verse, I think if I'm offering myself as holy, I would think that would please God anyway. He adds God here at the end because it's making God the center. It's making God the very reason why we offer our bodies. Because the reason we're here at all is because of God. Paul says in Corinthians, you are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I love this verse. This is the, the verse right after he says that we are at the temple of the Holy Spirit. I read this verse so many times preparing for this message and, and asking the Lord to convict my heart of the things that I'm, not, I'm doing that are not worshiping him because he says you were bought with a price. 
Jesus paid the price that we didn't have to. And some of us treat our bodies like we were bought on discount. But Jesus paid the full price. He paid the full asking price. And I've done that in my past. And the Lord's convicted me of that. He, he paid for it, so he deserves to get it. Not just on Sunday, but every day of our life. It's just like when you buy something. I'm a big hat guy. My team, everybody know, here knows I love hats. They all tell me to stop wearing them. But I love hats, and I just got into fitted hats. Fitted hat is like where there's no adjustment, so you have to like find your size. And then it's this whole thing. It's a whole niche that I never even understood until I bought my first fitted hat, and I was like, this is a whole different world compared to you know, a snapback or a baseball hat. I'm getting real technical here. You guys are used to Michael rabbit trailing, so uh, I, I mean, let me rabbit trail. <laughs> So I bought like three hats in October and I was super excited because I was like, they were going to come in on a Saturday. I was going to get one. I was going to curve the brim and I have my outfit planned for Sunday for worship. It was like, this is, this is great. This is, this is, I like to plan those kind of things in my life, but not like the big, big things. The big things I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. God's going to do it. We're, we're good. So yeah, so I, these hats are supposed to come in on a Saturday. I was so excited because I was going to wear it Sunday for worship. They didn't come in. There's like one of those things where it said on the postal service, oh, it'll be here at 7 p.m. Never came. Then it didn't update for days. And I was mad because I bought them. I wanted them. They said four to seven business days. Took like three weeks. I was super irritated. Because the point I'm trying to get at is I bought them. I paid the price for them, so I deserve to get the hats. Jesus paid the price for us. He paid the price for our bodies. He deserves to get it. Not just on Sunday. Every day, he deserves to get it. And and when God is the very center of our worship, the aim of our life is to show God, to use our bodies to make the glory of God visible to everyone we encounter, just like any son or daughter should. We should desire to, to please our Father. We should desire to make God happy. Paul said the body is not your own. If you were driving a rental car, would you drink a drink in it with no lid? Would you eat something messy? Would you eat nachos in a rental car? No, because you're going to have to pay for it. Probably a lot of money, right? But the, the point is the same principle applies to our body. It's not our own. It was given to us. So, so take care of it. That's what he's urging us to do. And, and you can come to church on Sunday mornings and you can worship and sing and worship and you can look like the most spirit-filled person in the room. But if you're using your body to satisfy your flesh Monday through Saturday, living in sexual sin, abusing drugs, yes. drinking alcohol to drunkenness, you are not glorifying God in your body. In fact, James says that this is a double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all their ways. The body that you have was given to you at a cost that you didn't have to pay. And just because you did nothing to earn it doesn't mean that you should treat it with disrespect. I'm I'm not saying this out of judgment. If I was judged on my past, I wouldn't have a leg to stand on any Sunday. Not just this Sunday, any Sunday. But it's by the grace of God, by the, by the, by the blood of Jesus that I'm covered in, that I can stand here and, and worship and praise and preach in the name of God. And when I was struggling last year, in the worst season of my life, suicidal, I'm hiding my struggle from everyone in my life. I'm, I'm falling back into bad habits. I, I lived this. 
I'm not preaching this out of something other than personal experience. I lived this. My worship was not glorifying God because I wasn't honoring my body. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. My heart was not in the right place. And I'll be honest with you, my worship struggled. My worship here, when I came here on Sunday morning, it was a struggle. It was like trying to crawl through mud. And my ministry struggled and my marriage struggled. And I think about that time because I can't even imagine leading worship like that now. But what God has done in my heart this year, the restoration that God has done in my heart, it wasn't until I started offering God my body. There's a reason every Hebrew word in the Old Testament, every time they use that we see the word worship in English in the Old Testament, it translates to a posture of the body. It translates to either bowing or kneeling or, or singing or clapping or crying. It doesn't translate to reading the lyrics to the screen. It, it translates to a posture of the body. It, it, the more that I submitted to God in the quiet place, starting my day on my knees or on my face, the stronger my foundation became. That's, the, that's how, we, how we allow God to come into our heart every day, develop that habit, develop that pathway in our brain. Our alone time, the same way that Jesus spent time with God, that, that's the time where the Spirit guides us. And this is what Jesus wants. This is where the temple that we have been given gets built because we can't build it on our own. And, and then it starts to overflow into our everyday life. We, we start to honor God with the body he's given us, with our thoughts, our actions, what we consume, even how we worship on a Sunday morning. It's in the overflow that we begin to, to stand in here on Sunday morning and we don't feel like strangers in the throne room. We don't feel like strangers in the presence of God because we can stand here in confidence before the Lord and we can sing his mighty name because he has made a dwelling within us. It says we have been made temples of the Holy Spirit. God has done a renovation within us, a restoration that no man could ever do with his own hands or skill. You can hire the best contractor in the world to build your temple. Nobody can build it like God can. If you're here today and you feel like God is speaking to you, I encourage you to seek him. I had to seek him to understand what worship really means to him. Seek the Lord, ask to draw near to him. Ask him to reveal to you what is within your heart that might be keeping you from seeing and worshiping him with all you are. It's only by the presence of God, it's only by his hand that he can take what the world has tried to build in you and make it new. Something I did this year is I, I started to read the book of Psalms every day in my quiet time. And it was something that God used to shape my worship, shape in me. And I want to share this Psalm today as we close. It's from Psalm 63. It says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there's no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live in your name, I will lift up my hands. And, and what I love about this, what I love about the Psalms, and you notice how he says in the sanctuary, this is the Old Testament. He's, they were still going to the sanctuary to worship, to be in the presence of God. But because of Jesus, because of the sacrifice that he paid, 
the cost that he paid for us on the cross. We are in the presence of God, no matter where we are. That's, that convicted me because how am I using my body? How am I worshiping God? If God is within me and I'm before the presence of the Lord and all I do, that's the kind of worship that we should desire. It, a worship from a place of desperation. I, I pray before I come up here every Sunday morning, I pray and I ask the Lord, let me worship in remembrance of, of how I felt last year. Let me worship from that place because I'm desperate. I'm desperate for your presence because without you, I'm broken. Just like all of us, we're broken, we're lost without the presence of the Lord, without asking God to build the temple in us. It will crumble, it will fall. We sing and we praise because he's worthy of it all. His love for us is beyond our understanding. And his mercy is so wide that we should desire to worship him with our bodies. We should desire to worship him with everything we are because, because we don't deserve it in the first place. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the breath that is within us. Father, we thank you for the breath that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for worship. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed us with the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you sent him after you, Jesus, to be with us, to be our guide. Father, that we no longer are strangers, Father, but that we get to be with you in every day, every step that we take, Lord. We wanna glorify you. We wanna honor you this morning, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you search our hearts, Father. Search our hearts for any wicked ways and, and convict us, Lord, so that we can turn to you, so that we can make new habits. We can make new rituals that, that revolve around you, with you at the center. Lord, that we would be led by you. We would be led by your spirit and not our flesh. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the praise, and we give you the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook or Instagram for updates, service info, and ways to get involved here at Ocean's Church. Be sure to give this episode a rating as it allows us to connect more people to Jesus. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again soon.